Live long and prosper. I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My whole Kermit frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 133 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is Jarman. And we're here to nerd out with you, our loyal fan base and our moms. Yes. Thank you, moms. Thanks, moms. <laughs> for sticking with us all this time. Man, it's been a lot. It's been 30 some years they've been sticking it out. That's true. Man, poor them. <laughs> yeah, poor them. Uh, uh yeah, this week we have a what special, we about this episode? special topic for later on in the episode, which is Warcraft, a game that's uh, taken the world by storm over several decades now, uh, well, at, least, at least two or three, and uh, it's just a game and a lore that's become part of gaming history. Um, even if you're not into video games that much, it's still a very interesting topic because it's just, you know, it's such a large part of the video game zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah, and originally we were going to talk about Blizzard, but I just I, I sort of said maybe that topic might be too big. So let's talk about the one we know the most about, and that's got to be Warcraft for me. Yeah, as far absolutely. as Blizzard stuff, I mean, it's their biggest property. I mean, StarCraft being a close second, but uh, and Diablo that, and that Diablo thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, whatever. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, uh, Jarman, what have you been up to since the last time we talked? Well, uh, not too much, because uh, luckily we've been, you know, getting these episodes out there, churning it out. Yeah, uh, but uh, a friend of mine uh, opened a cat cafe, uh, which is pretty cool. OK, right here in downtown Orlando. I think this first started um, in Japan. They had a lot of cat and, cafes and, and there is a demand for this. There is. Um, and it's become a new thing that's pretty popular in hmm. a lot of major cities. And so usually you have a front room where there's like a bar and where they sell pastries or snacks or food. And then there's a back room with like a door. So that way people who are allergic, you know, and stuff like that. And the cats can't get out where there's couches and cat toys and stuff like that, where you can play with the cats. And the, the hitch is that all the cats that you see there are available for adoption. So it's kind of neat. Um, OK. And I am highly allergic to cats, but I have two cats myself. So and after a while, I became not allergic to my cats anymore, which is pretty cool. But other cats, I'm still allergic to. So I had to take a pill before I went there. Um, OK, but it's really neat concept and really fun. And uh, they have board games there and stuff, too. And okay, uh, neat. yeah. And uh, I've been watching. I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. Doom Patrol, the TV show. Okay, you mentioned it, I think, last time we talked, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, my Star Trek group that usually watches Star Trek, but it's not on right now. Discovery, we're waiting for Picard to come out. We're In the meantime, we're watching some DC Universe shows and uh, watching Doom Patrol. And it really it was a slog at first, but now it's actually really funny and hilarious and weird and strange. It's like Twin Peaks, but a superhero show. Uh, okay. And Brendan Fraser is the highlight of the whole show. He plays uh, like a robot man. I think it's actually his character name, I think. But he's just absolutely hilarious i'm so glad he's having okay. a, a comeback as good i miss brendan fraser you know yeah, he was great for a little while there yeah and apparently i had no idea but i read an article that he um was severely injured on the set of the mummy three i think it was um and he also injured his voice box so for a long time he was in recuperation from that and in addition to that at the height of his fame he was uh, sexually assaulted by um a producer a high-level producer i don't think they named him um but 
and ever since then he had you know trauma from that about PTSD he was going to therapy so that's why he was kind of missing in action for a long time he had all these things happen kind of at once and I had no idea so I just feel really bad for Brendan Fraser right, well welcome back Brendan Fraser yeah and then another thing um, is happening this uh, tomorrow and Saturday tomorrow Joe Lee the girlfriend is meeting my parents the first time and then I a uh, person yeah person and then I'm meeting her parents on Saturday so like Right. Two days in a row. It's just happening. Was this was this like a joint decision or did it just happen this way? Well, no, it's weird. It happened this way because I was uh, from a long time ago playing to go see Macbeth with my parents and they got an extra ticket for her. And this will be the first time they're going to meet her. And then she found out that her dad, who's a blues musician, um, is having a gig on Saturday in kind of South Florida. So we decided we'll just go down and see the show. And there's like a festival happening at the same time. So it just kind of worked out that way. It was so weird. Oh, okay. Nice. It's kind of a high pressure weekend. I'm a little nervous. That's all right. Just make sure to just do just a little bit of meth. Just a little bit of meth. To really a little, power through. Like a, res, a responsible amount of meth. <laughs> You're not, not enough to lose any teeth or anything, you know? Oh yeah. Just a little bit. Cut the edge just off. Just a little bit you need. But both of our parents seem like they're pretty cool people, so I think it'll be fine. I know my parents are cool, and she says hers are as well, so uh, it should be fine. He's a like a blues musician. How uptight can he be? <laughs> That's true. She says he's very laid back, and so is her mom, so I'm excited. This should be fun. So what's been up with you? Well, me, uh, so for the first time in 15 years, this has been two weeks now, uh, I've been working out like four or five days a week. Holy crap. That's a lot, man, man. I just hurt. I've learned a lot of lessons, <laughs> but I think I'm finally in a rhythm. I can, I can actually sustain. Very nice. What kind of things you're doing? Uh, okay. So I looked at this, this video. There was this guy who was like, yeah, if you're not really physically able just do these exercises. And I did them. And then my legs like wouldn't work for three days. Oh God. Cause they hurt so bad from one of the things that he recommended. And I basically, I felt like I was losing time because I couldn't like my legs were destroyed. Yeah. It's too much. Um, and so, yeah. And so I was like, well, I can't do that. Cause I'd rather do something I could do light for three or four days than one thing. that's going to disable me for half a week. Right. Uh, so I started looking at jumping jacks and it, cause I'm, I'm big and I'm, there's just a lot of weight on my bones. It was hurting my, the outside of my legs. He's like, all right, gotta go, gotta go low impact. Uh, and so I bought one of those like under desk, uh, pedal things Mm -hmm. uh, and set that up. So you can do it. So now I, uh, well now, so this is for at home. Okay. I don't, I don't want to get all sweaty at work. Um, but yeah, so now I can like, you know, watch the office and pedal for 25 minutes. Well, that's already a good sign if you're getting sweaty. That just means your heart rate's up and you're doing the right thing. Oh, yeah. So I'm up to 30-ish minutes. My goal is to get to 40 where I could like, my goal is, be, <laughs> this is so dumb. My goal is two episodes of The Office <laughs> or like two episodes of Park and Rec. Yeah, that's perfect. That's easy for me to mem- remember and I zone out and then I don't think about the fact that I'm working out. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. far, so good. Mix that with I'm um, having primarily like vegan or vegetarian lunches and primarily vegan and vegetarian dinners. That's pretty awesome, man. I got to keep up with you and actually get back in the gym myself. Yeah. Now, mind you, don't let anyone fool you. Vegan and vegetarian does not necessarily mean healthy all the time. That is true. <laughs> there's only so much damage you can do well, when you, have, you eat vegan you have vegan mac and cheese for every meal, that might not be a good idea. <laughs> right, right. But like you would really have to try hard. <laughs> 
or an impossible really burger every day. Hard. Um, but yeah, so that and then uh, I got to play a Honey Heist, which is a super fun game. Highly recommend oh, it. Yes. Uh, and invited two new players sort of as an audition. And afterwards we talked and we decided to invite them full time and they both accepted. So now we, our group is back up to five players and me as the DM and we've decided to start a new dungeon world campaign. Very nice. These are friends from where I'll start. Uh, yeah. Some of them are from my old group, uh, that kind of disassembled when like one guy left the company and then another guy kind of got deported a little bit. Ooh. And this other guy has been in China for like the last five months. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, it's been, it's been an up and down road, but we finally have enough players back. And then one of the missing guys randomly came back. So now I'm like, Oh, five, huh? Oh God. <laughs> That's, be interesting. Right. That's a lot of players. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was not expecting five, but I'm going to see how it goes. Yeah, that's the one I first ran with was with my regular group. And there's, there's five players there as well. It's 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 interesting. <laughs> well, good. I'm excited. Uh, so, yeah. Dungeon World coming up and working out. That's amazing. All in a week's time. We'll have to uh, check yeah. back in with that. We'll see. Maybe I won't be disabled this time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. All so right. Let's that go takes on. us into some nerdy news. <laughs> yes. I don't know what's happening. It's time for Nerdy News. <laughs> I think we're just both so on it and so ready to, to do this that we're, we just, are. we're jumping on top of each other. So since yours relates to our main bit, I'll do mine first. Sure. All right. So there's been rumors swarming sworn, for a long time out of Disney. Uh, and this week, earlier this week, Bob Iger, CEO uh, officially confirmed that after Rise of Skywalker, there will be a hiatus for oh, Star Wars movies. Just in general. They're, they are going to develop some properties for their Disney Plus platform. Of course, Mandalorian being the most prevalent of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but that they're for the big screen. Uh, solo bombing so hard spooked them real bad. That really sucks. Yeah, I think we need a break. It's going to give yeah. them time to get the right group together to do the right movie as opposed to just trying to pump something out. Yeah, I think and they were initially kind of doing that. They're like, oh, let's put all the movies out all the time. And they realized that was a mistake because Star Wars is not the Marvel Universe. Cut it out. Yes. Take time. We're, make quality films. We're better than that. And just have like, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I like Solo personally. I'm sad it did so poorly, but um, I really did like it. And they yeah, worked. So some yeah. big news from Bob Iger. They were going to make, um, and apparently it's official that the Ewan McGregor, um, what's it called? Is in the is like Obi Wan story. Yeah, the Obi Wan story. But I think it's going to Disney Plus to not not to the theaters. So, ooh, there you go. And on that similar note, um, speaking of Doom Patrol and Disney Plus and streaming services, uh, the the DC uh streaming app was a, I thought it was always was a terrible idea because who the hell's been subscribed to that? Um. They're going to move all those shows to HBO Max, the new HBO streaming service, which, people, oh, okay. which makes it's under the same umbrella of the Warner Brothers company. Um, so it makes a lot of sense because more people are actually going to buy or pay for the HBO Max streaming app. Um, and so that makes a lot of sense to me. I thought that was cool. Uh, but mine okay, really is, cool. is uh, BlizzCon announcements. BlizzCon just happened, which is the Blizzard companies makes all the video games. It's their big um, convention they do. Um, and they made three big announcements that people are talking about, which one is Overwatch 2 is in development. Um, and according to this article I found, it's a full-on sequel with a focus on co-op and new PvE modes. 
There are story missions and hero missions in which you'll be able to level up your heroes. And Overwatch 2's PvP additions like new maps and heroes will be coming to Overwatch 1 as well for a shared multiplayer environment. And the cool part, which is uh, kind of refreshing, is that all of your skins and cosmetics you've earned in Overwatch will carry over to the sequel. So you won't lose anything jumping over to Overwatch 2. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah. And their first new hero is a Canadian named Sojourn. Uh, And they have said nothing else about it. And they have no idea when Overwatch 2 will be released, what they said. (laughs) Of course they don't. And also, Diablo 4 was announced. Uh, uh, They opened BlizzCon 2019 with an extended CG trailer setting up the story. And a few minutes of gameplay footage. That trailer was was prime. I didn't even watch the trailer yet. (laughs) It's prime. Watch it. That's good to hear. so cool. Because I've totally skipped Diablo 3. I've never played it. So... Oh, Diablo to. 3 is great. I need to play it. That'd be great. Um, so we, we do know is that it has a non-linear story set in an open world that you can explore at your leisure. Uh, though it's probably no surprise, there'll be no offline mode and won't be releasing anytime soon. Uh, but that's kind of different, though. It's going to be open world. That's not the usual for Diablo 4, our Diablo series. No. Yeah. Not to say on rails, but pretty close. Yeah. It was like It's the kind of game it was, you know, the story you had to follow along. Um. And then World of Warcraft's next expansion is called Shadowlands. It releases next year and will take players to an alternate realm of death and decay where they must choose one of several factions to align with to fight against Sylvanas. That's all we know about that so far. So there you wow. go, Blizzheads. Uh, something that disappointed me, Warcraft 3, Warcraft Reforged, uh, barely mentioned, a little bit angry. That's what they remastered Warcraft 3? Yeah. The only announcement they made is that like there'll be more information soon and they're opening up like a beta of some PvE PvP content, huh. but only for people that have BlizzCon passes and like online subscriber passes. Well, they're such a huge behemoth of a company, they can just pretty much do whatever they want. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing they promised me a release date of before the end of the year, and I already paid money. Oh, did you? You pre ordered? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Which I normally wouldn't, but I figure I trusted Blizzard. Well, and I knew I love Warcraft three, so I knew I would play it. I trust that their games will be good, but I never trust their announced dates because that never seems to happen. I was a fool. I was excited to play Warcraft three. <laughs> I was a fool. <laughs> well, before we get into our Warcraft segments, I got to play this. Oh, yeah. What's this? You don't recognize this music? No. This is the opening screen music for World of Warcraft. Oh. Uh, I played without music or sound for most of the time that I played. Oh, especially probably towards the end of your tenure. No, I mean literally the entire time pretty much. Ah. Well, I remember... I never really played with sound. I never got to hear voiceovers. I never heard the music. Nothing. Wow. Occasionally I would have voice chat on for raids and such raids and stuff yeah but that's about it so that music uh is kind of like make you cringe for some people because it's if you ever got dis- disconnected from the game uh you go to that lo- login screen and that's the music that was playing in the background so it's, uh, it's always like a sign of a bad thing happening because you're kicked out of the game <laughs> an ill omen <laughs> like oh crap damn it i don't want to hear that music again <laughs> Uh, so before we get into World of Warcraft, I want to talk a little bit about the lore of the world of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Of Warcraft. Now that makes sense. Yeah, I still said it right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, okay. So about 10,000 years before the first war, 
night elves start messing around with arcane magic and this thing called the well of eternity. Well, this gets the attention of this like de- evil demigod, like a fallen Titan called Sar- Sargeras. He comes and brings a ton of demons called the burning Legion. And there's a war. The well gets destroyed in Kalimdor, which is where the story takes place within Azeroth. Yeah, is split apart into all the different continents that we know for most of the game. Mm-hmm. A few thousand years later, some night elves uh, who keep doing stuff with arcane magic get banished over to the Eastern kingdoms uh, and they continue to mess around with arcane magic. And these guys become the high elves, night elves and high elves. Oh, that's right. Uh, over the next couple of thousand years, these high elves make enemies with these trolls and they join forces with humans t- for the first time. And it's the first alliance between elves and humans comes to fight the Amani trolls. A few thousand years after that, there's this huge dwarf civil war where the ruling king dies and the three families make a play. Uh, the Bronzebeards take it and are the current rulers when World of Warcraft and Warcraft begin. The Bronzebeards. Uh-huh. Uh, then comes the first war. Sargeras, that evil Titan guy, shows back up in force, brings orcs from this place called Draenor, another world that he just went to torment after he was done here. It's like a different uh, uh, universe, different dimension. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the orcs come through uh, a huge magical gate called the Dark Portal. And some of that is what is depicted in the Warcraft movie that happened. Right. Uh, the that war happens. goes on for five years. Stormwind is actually lost and overrun. The king is murdered. His kids flee to the northern kingdoms. Uh, the northern kingdoms are run by this guy called Terranus Menethil of Menethil Harbor fame. If anyone knows uh-huh. the game, uh, he unites all of the humans as well as the dwarves, the gnomes, and the high elves, forming the first alliance of Lordaeron. Hmm. Bam! It's time for. The second war. Uh, this new alliance pushes the horde all the way back to this huge volcanic vol- uh, mountain called Black Rock Spire, volcanic. Uh, the great general Andean Lothar is killed. Uh, Orgrim Doomhammer kills him, and that's what Orgrimmar is named after, the orcish capital. Right. The remaining orcs are crushed. Those that don't flee are put into internment camps, and the dark portal is destroyed. Pretty dark. All right, so this orc shaman seeking retribution opens a, a bunch of small portals from Janor uh, to Azeroth, and orcs start flooding in yet again. A bunch of human zealots go through these portals to Janor to put an end to the horde once and for all. The magic is enough that it breaks Janor and shatters the land and becomes known as the Outlands. Uh the orcs being held in the camps are freed by a bunch of orcish heroes, uh, one of which is this, this orc named Thrall, who he is then named the war chief, and the new horde is formed. Mm-hmm. Then comes the third war. Well, guess what? The Burning Legion is back again, and this time they've got this guy called the Lich King with him, and a plague sweeps the land, and the undead Scourge is created. Another race, the Scourge. Which you can play in the um, game. Right. Um, so the son of Menethil, the guy from earlier that saved the day, Arthas becomes corrupt by this evil force, takes up this evil blade called Frostborn, murders his dad, and another evil guy named Archimond, like a titan demon guy, is once again summoned and brought to Azeroth. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, orcs are finally getting settled in, setting up towns, 
um, and, and setting up their homes in a place called Duratar and they make some new alliances. And that's when we first really get introduced to the trolls and the Torin. Torin are like kind of uh, cow people, right? Yeah. Like bison. Yeah. More like bison. Uh, this super magic guy named Medivh, he unites the Horde and the Alliance for one big push against Archimonde, who is going to try to destroy the World Tree. Uh, they do they do take him. The World Tree is shattered, though, in this process, and that is when the Night Elves become mortal. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Arthas Menethil flees to this frozen land called Northrend, where a banshee named Sylvanas Windrunner, who is currently... Uh, the, the head of the horde uh, makes her own undead horde and Arthas claims the frozen throne and Arthas then becomes the new Lich King. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Back in the Eastern kingdom, the ki- the King is kidnapped and his eight year old son becomes King for a while. Some new baddies pop up. A few troublesome dragons and this bug society called the Kiraji. <laughs> Uh, blood elves show up and they unite with the horde refugees from Janora called their Janai crash land and they join the alliance and a different demon opens up the dark portal and both horde and alliance head to outland uh, then the lich king is back again uh, he starts a new assault on Azeroth the horde and the alliance both travel to Northrend to fight him some warriors defect from the lich king's forces and become known as the death knights which became a a playable class. Uh, ultimately, the Lich King is defeated. Okay, so as I was going through this, all this lore, um, the lore is really rich and dense, basically until you get to War of Warcraft. And then, then it's it not gets rich really, and dense. It gets really shallow. From a story arc point of view, it's the same thing over and over again. And as I was reading it, I was like, man, this just never ends. But it's all like, hey, the Burning Legion is back. We better go through a portal to stop him once and for all. Oh, man, the fra- the Lich King is back again. Well, we better go through a portal to stop him once and for all. <laughs> oh, the Iron Horde is back. We should probably go through a portal and stop him once and for all. And it's like ever. I'm not kidding. That is literally the rest of the. I'm not even going to read it. The rest of the thing is just a descent of like, yeah. Well, what then about we Pandaria? A portal and stop once. Okay, so that is the one exception. Right, I literally read through this. That was the one exception where they actually had to do some world building, and they actually had uh, to like try make a new storyline. <laughs> but every other thing is like some some bad guy from the first three comes back through a portal. We have to go through said portal to stop them once and for all. That is really not very creative. No, no, no. And, it, and it's literally as soon as wow happened, it just had like as I went through it and wrote this down, I went, oh, man, wow, just made it real shallow. <laughs> and they have such like wherewithal to make great stories with this open world and they're just not doing it, I guess. Yeah. After that, there's this thing with primal dragons and guardians of the earth who no longer can be guardians of the earth. Uh, and then they're back in Azeroth and it becomes much more about back to the, the horde versus the Alliance, which had kind of gotten lost over the last few expansions. Um, and that's what they're doing now. Basically it's about the horde killing the Alliance, just like the good old days. Well, what's the deal with Pandaria? You didn't tell us. Oh man, Pandaria. Oh God. <laughs> it seemed um, cheesy to me because I never played the Pandaria thing. Uh, Pandaria was the worst one and is much, much maligned uh, amongst the, the big fans of WoW. Everyone kind of agrees it was the it was a bad call. They made a panda race, folks, a race of panda people. Yes, that happened. And you can play as them. 
yes, uh, they are. They were the first neutral race introduced oh. where you play them until level 10. And then at level 10, you pick which side you're on. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's a panda. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a floating mysterious island that as they at the, the Horde and the Alliance accidentally discovered during their war. And a monk was introduced as a class, which was a lot of fun and very different. Um, and the release of the Shah, which is a manifestation of the old gods, which is part of the lore I didn't even touch on, which is this huge, huge part of the lore of the Titans and the old gods. Um, but yeah, it has a very rich lore up to a point. Yeah. And uh, the David After Bowie's that, son, disappointing. David Bowie's son tried to direct this film and do the original story of the dark portal opening and all that jazz. Um, and it just flopped. He really cared though. He was really passionate and really wanted to succeed, but it just was kind of a mess. And it's a shame because he made moon the movie. I love a lot, but uh, I love moon. Oh my God. He just couldn't hit it with this big budget stuff. He was given this giant budget and that's when a lot of crap happens when good directors are given huge budget. Suddenly they don't do very well with that. Um, but yeah, there's tons of books and comics and stuff like that. Check it out. The lore is so deep and rich. Yeah, you there know. are a total of uh, 34 novels. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I found this one really, movie. One movie. <laughs> very interesting factoid. Uh, the name Warcraft was proposed by Blizzard developer Sam Didier. It was chosen because it sounded super cool, according to Blizzard co-founder Alan Adam, without any particular I, meaning attached to it. He wasn't wrong. It sounds cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, World of Warcraft gained popularity worldwide, becoming the world's largest subscription-based MMORPG in 2008. The game reached a peak at 12 million subscribers worldwide mm-hmm. on October 2010. It's never gotten that high again, but that's... No, currently it sits at about 5 million. Which is still crazy if you think about they're paying still insane. $15 a month. 5 million people are paying $15 a month. That's insane. Yeah, it's just crazy. So, yeah. Um, but- yeah, I thought maybe uh, so now that we're done sort of the lore part, we could talk about our our Warcraft experience. Well, I remember in 2004 when this game came out, uh, it came out almost the exact same time as a game called EverQuest 2. And EverQuest 1 was basically the, the, the starting crowning jewel of MMORPGs that became super popular amongst video gaming crowds, not like a mass appeal like Warcraft eventually got. But it's the thing that started it all. And then so EverQuest 2 was going to come out. And they focused really heavy on beautiful graphics. Everything looked almost photorealistic at the time for 2004 graphics. Yeah, for Um, 2004. It was hard to get a good computer to run that really well at full graphics capacity at the time. Um, And I loved it. I loved EverQuest 2. It was beautiful. And then all my friends were like, nah, man, we're playing World of Warcraft. And I looked over at it like, you're playing this cartoony garbage? What is this crap? And then like, they finally convinced me to make a character and, and subscribe to the game. And it was just so much more fun than EverQuest. Yeah, EverQuest was a slow absolutely. slog, um, but beautiful. And then Warcraft was focusing more on the story and the characters. And that just really worked and resonated with people. And the cartoony stuff kind of worked for a large age range. And also I could play on more computers, which helped as well. Because it was, it was available on Mac and PC, which also helped. So it created kind of a wide appeal. So I started college playing World of Warcraft and a friend of mine played so much that he got academic suspension and had to leave Boston where I went to school and go back home to Florida. Uh, yeah. 
So nuts. It, it's it was very addictive. So what, what do you remember what your first experience was with it? So overall, like Warcraft in general, probably your house. Yeah. I think that we played Warcraft two on like one of your computers. And then when Warcraft three came out, I remember my computer at home couldn't run it. So I played a lot of it at your house. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking uh, about the original Warcraft games. You're right. We played a lot of that back when we were in high school. Oh, yeah, we did. Warcraft three, especially just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first introduction to tower defense because that was became one of the most popular mods for it when they introduced online. That was the beginning um, of mods. Probably basically. one of my first big online gaming experiences was probably probably Warcraft three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, World of Warcraft came out. I remember playing that at your place when the like beta came out. Yeah, we got uh, beta and keys. playing that back in back in the game room, playing that shit late in the night. Uh, and then finally heading off to, to college and then playing it basically through college. Uh, and I wrote this down. I, I, so I played, I played wow pretty consistently for almost a decade. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, and at one point, eight years in, I did a tally of my time played across all characters. I still had access to, and I can guarantee that wasn't all of them as I deleted some, even ones I'd poured a lot of time into uh, all these characters and had more than 400 real days played. Oh my God. It's over a year of your life. Uh, that's so just for the record, that is 9,600 hours. And they say that 10,000 hours of uh, practice of something makes you an expert. Yeah, that's true. And what I will tell you is that um, with wow, and I could probably still do it if you give me a little bit of time, um, I can play while having a full conversation. I can play while watching a movie at full retention. <laughs> um, I played so much that it is reflexive. Was it still fun at that point? Um, certain expansions grabbed me more than others, but really what I did is I just, I got to this point where I was just constantly rolling new characters and just playing them until I got bored and then rolling a new character. Yeah. It just seems like a, a wasted experience. I, I did not, like, I did not spend a ton of time in end game or late game content. That's what people thrived after, on. after my first three years or something like that. Most people are like racing to get to that point where they can be top level characters and doing giant raids with 40 people playing online at the same time in a dungeon. And you never really got to those that point. I mean, I did some of that. Uh, you know, I did in the original and the second I was in some big 40 man raiding guilds. Uh, I ran Naxxramas. I ran Encourage. I ran Blackwing Lair. You know, I did the big stuff, but it just wasn't for me. And that was probably around year three or four where I went out of the hell with it. Yeah, I, I was I played for about four years probably and then dropped off. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, the original was difficult and each one made the game a little bit easier, kind of. But really, they just listened to the players and what they wanted and what they needed. It's just sad that you didn't hear any of the music or great voice acting. And no, seriously, <laughs> I played it fully on mute. That's great for years, almost the entire time I played. Truthfully, I feel sad for all those voice actors. I still they're still getting my money. True, true. <laughs> um so yeah, I was gonna touch on like my least favorite expansion, my worst favorite expansion, but we already kind of got into it. Mr. Pandaria was so bad. So I've heard. It was so bad. Pandarans were introduced by Blizzard as an April Fool's joke, and like the public went crazy and so they're like we'll make it the next race oh i remember that i think and the entire expansion was built around oh crap we have to figure out a story on how to introduce panda bears (laughs) um it was by far the most on rails of any of the expansions 
And as far as where you could go and what you could do in the order you needed to do things in, it was not super flexible. Mm. Kind of like a one quest at a time kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what really what it was is everything was mountainous. Like almost everything was, but because of that, there were only like two paths to get places. So I remember being really frustrated trying to get around someplace and realizing like, oh, I've got to go all the way up and around to get to the one path that will take me back. It was so frustrating. <laughs> uh, but luckily, that was followed immediately by the best one they ever did, uh, Warlords of Draenor, which was absolutely my favorite. Good story, good stuff like that. Yeah, you got to revisit Outland, which so the Burning Crusade, the first expansion took you to Outland, like broken land that was once Draenor uh, and like the remnants of it. You get to go to Draenor before it was broken. And so you get to see landmarks and versions of things before they were ruined. So there was a ton of nostalgia factor. That's cool. Uh, this is also when they added a group finder, which was a huge thing for for player convenience. Oh, for certain uh, dungeons? Uh, yeah. They added inventory and quest log, a lot of improvements for organization and getting rid of things and sorting bags automatically. Uh, they added my favorite mechanic of anything, the garrison, which in your the new homeland was your little slice of heaven. It was your base that you got to upgrade and you could invest in certain buildings to help you out in certain ways, depending on how you wanted to play. It was super customizable and really offered another level to the game that I just loved. Yeah, a lot of MMOs had that and Warcraft was was very blatantly missing that where you could make your own home base. Um, so it's surprising it took them that long to do that. They they made up for it in Warlords. I'm telling you. Nice. Um and then the game got a major. That's also when the game got a major facelift and most of the player models got completely redone. Mm. And there was major graphics update for fire effects and magic effects and stuff. And, and everything just felt fresh, but it also had some nostalgia to it. And so because of that, it just drew me in. I loved Warlords of Genre. Nice. And do you currently have a subscription? No, <laughs> I did play Legion, which was the 100 to 110. Uh, and then left for probably a year and a half or so. And then when Battle for Azeroth came out, I did get it. And I did play from 110 to 120 uh, with one character. And then I was just kind of done. Well, good for you doing moderation. Yeah. And I actually just in the last couple of days have thought maybe I'll go back and try it because now uh, they have opened WoW Classic servers. Yes, I did hear about that. Um, where if you have a subscription, you can opt to play WoW Classic and it will play a a relatively close to faithful vanilla version of the first like version of the game. Yeah. Rel- relatively. Uh, yeah. Right. Probably with some of the more it, popular modifications. Right. But like all the, they didn't change back anything that really didn't affect gameplay. So like all the character models are the new character models. Cause that does not affect gameplay. All the armor models are the new armor. models. Right. You know, those sort of things. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so I've been thinking about it, but no, no, I do not currently have a subscription. Uh, some of the things that this that Warcraft, World of Warcraft in particular, has inspired um, is the Guild, uh, which is a series, a web series in the early days of web series made by Felicia Day, kind of a geek icon now. And she originally was like a small time actress who did a, a role on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, that got kind of a cult following, but then she made the guild, which became one of the most popular web series of all time. And it's based off her 
in real life experience, she played so much Warcraft and was in a really high level guild and did tons of raiding. Um, and so she did a whole web series based off her experience being a kind of introverted girl who plays a lot of Warcraft and they didn't call it Warcraft in the show cause they couldn't. Um, and it just, it went over really well and it's kind of responsible for her becoming like kind of a media mogul. Now she, uh, had geek and sundry, which she created on, on her own uh, from YouTube and sold it for legendary pictures for millions of dollars. So, you know, she's, uh, she did well because of Warcraft. She's doing okay. Yeah. And also I recommend if you haven't seen it, Epic NPC man on uh, YouTube, it's by okay. these guys called Viva La Dirt League and their series of videos for Epic NPC man. It's, it's, it's very taken from World of Warcraft um and it shows the ridiculous things if that npc man was a real person uh okay he's like the guy you you meet in the first like friendly village that you do your like rat quests for you know <laughs> right of and course. all these terrible things happen to him and like one of the funniest ones is like in these games these characters have lines of dialogue that you can push skip or push a button to skip their dialogue and so a player runs up to him and he's like greetings adventurer i have a quest for you and he goes skip he's like and i have it skip and I want to type skip <laughs> like he keeps skipping over his dialogue and he gets more and more pissed off. And finally, he just like rails on the guy because he won't let him say his dialogue. But just it's really fun. You should check it out. Um, but yeah, it's influenced a lot of things and it's influenced other games that have been created. And they had to make a way to make themselves unique from Warcraft. But then no other MMORPG has gotten the level that this one has at all. Yet. No, some other big ones have come out. But yeah, WoW has really reigned supreme in that arena for 15 years. It's insane to have a game be popular for this long. It's just crazy. And also they made Hearthstone, which has also gotten very popular, which takes all yeah, the, true. the characters from World of Warcraft um, and puts them into a card game, basically. Um, yeah, German has beaten me multiple times at this game. <laughs> not anymore, though, if I play. I haven't played in so long, but it's a free game. You can get it on the if you download battle.net. You can download Hearthstone for free. They want you to pay for in-game purchases if you want to, but you don't have to to, to play it. Um, and it's in competitive gaming now. There's you know multi million dollar competitions for this game, so it's pretty popular. At least it and was. then you can also see Warcraft characters in Heroes of the Storm, another free to play game from Blizzard, where the characters you know from the franchise are taken and made to fight for your entertainment. Yeah, and there's also characters from Diablo in there and uh, Starcraft and all, Overwatch, all ever all of their games. stuff. Yep. So yeah, that's that's uh that's a lot of Warcraft. Yeah, a lot of Warcraft. Well, maybe we'll talk about some more Blizzard stuff. We'll see if anyone cares. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but that takes us on to a, something we I have not done in a while, and that is Would You Rather? Would you rather? <laughs> I haven't played that in so long. Yeah, it's been a long time. All right, are you ready to play Would You Rather? I sure am. I found some real good ones. Uh, okay. Would you rather have a golden voice or a silver tongue? Oh, well, that's pretty easy for my profession. I think golden voice. See, I'm going to go with silver tongue. All right. Then I can change my name to Slickback Joe. <laughs> Slick McFavorite. <laughs> that's right. Ladies, you come here often? Of course you do. <laughs> uh, all right. Would you rather have constantly dry eyes or a constantly runny nose? Mm. I have dry eyes a lot, and I, I deal with it just fine. So I'd, I'd say dry eyes. 
All right. Yeah, I think I'll go with dry eyes, too. Runny nose, I feel like I'd eventually just have a constant infection on my face. Yeah, and people will be, like, really scared of you if you're always, not scared of you, but grossed out by you if you have a runny nose all the time. And red eyes, they're like, oh, he's probably just high. That's true. No, that's legit. Yep. Uh, Would you rather have incredible amounts of body hair or incredible amounts of body odor? Oh, oh. Can body hair because you can at least shave it regularly yeah you'd i would just like hire you know like a little italian man with a razor <laughs> to, to come over twice a week and shave me like an ape why is he italian <laughs> i've met a little italian barber named giuseppe <laughs> hey i'm gonna shave your back <laughs> i've been doing it since you were a three <laughs> gross <laughs> all right body hair body hair's the answer yeah yep uh, all right. Would you rather have to always wear shirts that are two sizes too big or one size too small? Hmm. I think one size too small. Wow. Really? Yep. You'd always just have a little bit of belly peeking. I have some belly peeking, but at least I'd be able to show off my arms. That's true. But I, I do have a but, gut, though, so I don't. I have to compromise and just say. Well, no, I, I think what it would do is incentivize you to finally get those washboard abs. Yeah, I'd be more motivated. It doesn't matter. If, <laughs> it doesn't matter if your belly's peaking if you got washboard abs. Yeah, no one cares at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna go with two sizes too big. Hey, you're a dad. You want comfort. And I understand. Yeah, that. true. I gotta fit. You know. Yeah, and you want to be comfortable and to be able to not worry about that. Think about your kids. Right. All right. Well, that's a good would you rather. That was good. I enjoyed it. It's been a while. Uh, that so, takes us uh, into trailer review. Yes. Yeah. Here to play on nerds, we developed. Oh, oh sorry. Wow, that sounded really <laughs> close. I was. I know. I almost freaked out for a second. I'm like, this is the wrong guy, the wrong version. <laughs> Shit. Gotcha. That was really good. <laughs> I know. I, I've heard the. I've heard that intro so many times. <laughs> so I have I, but I, like. I don't know. Just freak me out. <sighs> so we have we have a few trailers this time around. Yeah, we we are doing I think three trailers, and we haven't done three trailers in like three and a half years. <laughs> but why the hell not? We did. We talked about more for the SDCC stuff. But hey, we already said this was a very special episode. They knew. It is. They better be prepared. Uh, All right, first trailer, Charlie's Angels. Let's do it. Hello? You're in great danger. Get out of there now. Open safe house six. Welcome to the Townsend Agency. I run a covert group of exceptional women. You guys are like lady spies. We work outside the rules. I don't like that, boy. In secret. Together. You may not know we exist, but we are always watching. Who steals humanitarian aid money? You are in the presence of angels. So, you want to train to be an angel? Hell yeah. Give me my wings. Let's go! Where do you think you're going? You need to land this bird, Hoffman. What? Sit down, keep your hands where I can see them. Really not supposed to be touching things in here unless you're supposed to be touching things in here. You're adorable. Jane, is that you flirting with a handsome nerd? The best part is in taking down international criminals. It's you guys. And the day drinking. That's what I like the most. 
Take her in the closet. So I can just take whatever I want? Borrow. Is that an actual rule? Angel. Time to go to work. All right. So I don't think we watched the first trailer for this, did we? On the show? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, Though I know there was an earlier one. Yeah, I think I watched on my own, but um, I'm going to let you say, talk first. What do you, what do you think about this? Um, I don't know. Just like most of the reboots that are happening right now, I don't know that Charlie's Angels needed another one. Agreed. Um, that being said, it looks like at least a somewhat original take. Very Kristen Stewart-centric. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, like, she is like 80% of this preview, it feels like. Well, she is the biggest star amongst the three angels. That's true. I don't recognize the other ones at but all. Because that just doesn't feel like an ensemble cast, which is probably what annoys me the most. And I'm hoping that's just because the marketing people are like, well, we got to put our biggest star in most yeah, of the trailer. Push. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my, uh, my thought was that it feels about just as good looking as the first one was or the first two uh, from the 90s or 2000s where they seemed like, OK, they seemed like fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's about I'm it. not excited about this one at all. The cool thing uh, that because uh, it's being directed by Elizabeth Banks, who's also got a role in it. Uh, they have multiple Bosleys, including Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart. I will often just watch whole movies just because Patrick Stewart has a small role in them. So I'm, I'm kind of wanting to do that for this one. And I really like Elizabeth Banks as well. I think she's great. Yeah, she's great in everything she does. Um. So this one, I'm going to give three Gary Buseys in the original Charlie's Angels outfits doing that like pose where they're all holding guns pointing different directions. <laughs> and Perfect. one of the Gary Buseys is like, guys, stop moving. Stop moving. It only works if we're still. We got to take a picture. <laughs> this is going to go in the calendar. <laughs> and he's using a camera from 1884. So it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, so those three Gary Busey. All right. Uh, I'm giving it two Raw Julia's dancing the dance from Pulp Fiction. Ooh, okay. Are they dressed? Like, is one of them dressed like Travolta and the other one's dressed like Uma Thurman? They are dressed identically to each other in the M. Bison outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a good visual. Absolutely. All right, you might be giving this movie too much Raul Julia, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean they're dancing around because they're not they're not actually watching the TV while it's playing, but they're still right, having, okay, they're having fun fair. with it. They're having fun with it. Yeah, they're there for a good time. I get it. They yeah. took all those lessons; it'd be a shame not to use them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of classes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's our next movie? All right, so this next movie I had not heard of at all, but C found it. It's called Three Zero Two Two. I guess Thirty Twenty Two. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Home isn't returning our calls. How long? Ten hours. Jean, could you see if wiring may have shorted on your end? Something is happening to Earth. Do you copy? Grace! Do you know what happened? I was hoping that you would. What do you think happens to our minds when you realize there isn't going to be a happy ending? We're all that's left! Are you afraid to die, Captain? We're just going to float around until we suffocate. Are you seeing things yet? 
yet another space thriller drama that no one asked for uh, with actors we don't recognize who all have accents and uh, then like Omar Epps. Is I, that know, the I recognize name? all those people. You did? Yeah, that is Omar. That's Omar Epps. Okay. Who was the, yeah, other, the, the other guy was the guy from Braveheart. The lady, she was on an ER for a while. <laughs> the other lady <laughs> is uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She was a one corpse on ER one time. <laughs> There's some people in this. She played an intern on NCIS. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> what? So, uh, yeah, it looks basically the trailer you might not have understood from hearing the audio. The they're on a space station thing, and uh, they see Earth explode. Um, which, by the way, I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson would be so pissed about this. If Earth exploded anywhere near you in the solar system, you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of astounding that they make it. Yeah. So that being said, I don't know if 3022 is the year. So maybe if they are that far in the future, maybe there are enough advances. Oh, they could, they could survive. I just don't know if 3022 is the year. That would be a good point. The technology didn't seem at that advanced to be a thousand years in the future, but uh, you could be right. That, that could be the, the name of the actual year. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. So who knows? I'm interested ish. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this a, Oh man, this is tough. I'm going to give this one like a, like a Raul Julia uh, who is putting together the final piece onto like a Star Trek space figurine thing. <laughs> That's cute. And he's like gluing it on and he finally got it and he holds his hand away. And then like the stand gives out and it shatters to the ground. Oh, does he cry? He is Raul Julia. No, he's a, he's a big boy about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big boy. <laughs> he takes some deep breaths and then all he right. goes and picks up all the pieces and he starts it again. That's, that is what Raul Julia would do. That's true. Raul Julia. That is what I always ask myself. What would Raul do? <laughs> WWRW or WWRD. Uh, there we go. I don't know. We're going to make some people real mad. <laughs> Mostly Raul Julia's family. Sorry. Uh, for me, yeah. we used to have a, a rating in this, in this uh, class where you say burn it in a barrel fire. That kind of thing we would say. So there's yeah, a barrel with fire. There's a barrel, though, with fire in it, like in a back alley somewhere. And three Gary Buseys take this movie and they throw it in that barrel and then they start peeing on it because they regret their choice, but it's too late because the movie's already destroyed and it's covered in pee now. Yeah, that is the worst part that it's covered in pee now. Yeah, it's it's burnt and covered in pee. And it's Gary Busey's pee, so it's radioactive. (laughs) That's true. I mean, that's probably the least of your worries with Gary Busey pee. (laughs) Absolutely. Just realistically, I'm saying there are worse things, you know. So I'm hijacking this uh, trailer reviews to play The Grudge. Uh-huh. Hello, it's Peter Spencer. I'm here about selling the house. Is anyone home? Hello? This is Detective Muldoon. This is Peter Spencer. Something happened to me at 44 Rayburn Drive. Someone was murdered at that house. Why did you never go into that place? Something never felt right about it. Looks like we got another one. Do you think that the body we found is related? Hello? 
I went to the house. Hello? Police department. I think something followed me home. Mommy, what's going on? What's wrong? We need to leave right now. So that was actually a two minute and 30 second trailer that I cut down to one minute because the rest of it is just gross noises and stuff. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, did you see the original grudge or the Japanese or the American one with yeah, Sarah Michelle the Geller? original American? Okay. Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy fame was in yep. the American one. And what'd you think of it at the time? It terrible. Yeah. I do not care for this movie one bit. I feel like the ring did it perfectly. And then this was the first of many copycats that was just not, it was just a piece of crap. Well, if I'm, if I'm correct, I believe the ring and the grudge were the same director for the Japanese versions. So they were kind of expecting the same kind of film from him at that time. But then when it came to America, it's like, Oh, the grudge is just a copy off of the ring, but not as good. And it cause it's also two separate directors that did the two American ones. Um, but the only thing that stuck with me from the grudge was I hate creepy kids. We talked about the last episode. Right. Uh, and there's a plethora of creepy kids in the grudge. Uh, they make this weird sound when the ghosts are moving around. Uh, and it's like that stuck with me and creeped me out for a long time. <laughs> so that's uh, all it takes. Well, yeah. Creepy uh, kid just like with like white face and hair in his face. Like, uh, and so for a while, I'm scared yet. Uh, <laughs> Not when you do it for some reason. Uh, but what's cool about this also is it stars John Cho. That's the voice you heard in there from, uh, you know, Star Trek fame and Harold and Kumar. Um, so I like that he's getting more work. Uh, <laughs> so I love horror movies. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to watch this alone because it'll creep me out. Uh, but I'll give it one cautious Raul Julia. I'm going to give this a whole room full of Gary Busey's all going. Uh, <laughs> I can picture that now. <laughs> they're just zoned out of their minds. Uh, and this came out, I think, a couple of days ago. We have the Invisible Man. So this is weird. Let's play it. Man, four trailers. Man. I see attorney representing Adrian's trust. I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia. Although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting five million dollars. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Okay. Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not. 
dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! Come on! Do it! There you are. So that's an example of a trailer that has a lot of dialogue. So I didn't, I wasn't able to cut out very much. Yeah. Um, very dialogue heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've say oh, there's a while back what they were doing the, um, the dark monster universe. I forgot which movie studio it's universal. Um, yeah, well, this is universal too. Yeah. And they started with, um, uh, the mummy and it totally just did total crap. Uh, critics panned it. They were going to make a whole dark universe. Invisible Man was going to be played by either. Uh, I think it was Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp or Benicio del Toro. One of the, he's doing one of them, but I couldn't. Benicio remember. del Toro was Jekyll someone. and Hyde. You're maybe. not wrong. Maybe that might that might be. Wrong. Oh no, Russell Crowe was Jekyll and Hyde. I forgot about that. He was already right. that in the Mummy movie. But anyways, um, so they scrapped the whole dark universe thing, and. They said, now we're making Invisible Man, but it's going to be starring Elizabeth Moss, uh, who from uh, Handmaid's Tale and Mad Men. And she's great. And so people were excited. They're like, oh, they're going to make it an Invisible Woman movie, basically. And then we but get no, this. It's still a dude. What was that? So, but no, it's still a dude. Yeah, still a dude. And people are kind of uh, tentatively upset because they're like, and now she's just playing this uh, abused wife who has to defend herself against this, you know, gaslighting crazy husband who turns invisible somehow i don't know it's odd yeah um it looks i don't know kind of like, it looks hollow manny and i don't want that yeah hollow man was not something to, to try I'll to recapture watch hollow man again <laughs> oh kevin bacon uh, this movie i give one gary Busey, and he's like naked in the middle of a crowded city square saying like <laughs> you can't see me i'm invisible <laughs> I love this ring system so much more than our other one. I can do what I want. You can't see me. <laughs> Everyone actually is ignoring him, trying to get away from him. So he still thinks he's invisible. Well, um, that's the best part. He's not even doing anything obscene. He's just like eating pasta. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't shame me for eating. <laughs> I'm invisible. <laughs> I'm eating my invisi food. <laughs> So, uh, I think this movie looks shot very well. Uh, the acting looks really good, but I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, so I'm going to say a very cautious Raul Julia who's doing his taxes, but also considering watching the invisible man. All right. That's, I think a good place to be. Yeah, it is good. (laughs) So now we have some radical recommends. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So what you got for us this week, Steve? All right. So this is Radical Recommend. Uh, someone that I've been watching on YouTube for a long time, uh, but just recently got a little bit of press. And the, the channel is Grandpa Kitchen. 
and he is a uh, he was a a very elderly Indian gentleman who spent his time and resources to make huge portions of food to feed all the village children. Hmm. Uh, and it took off a few years ago, and ever since, he's been getting more subscribers, and he has more resources, so he's been doing more and bigger things for the kids, giving them an opportunity to try things they've never tried, you know, doing everything from making traditional Indian dishes all the way to making them fudgy chocolate cake, oh. and things like uh, like chicken nuggets, and that's, you know, foods that these kids would never get a chance. Uh, well, he unfortunately, he passed away. Grandpa, Grandpa passed. Uh, and there's this huge, sad outcry online. Uh, and luckily, his son is continuing his work and oh, has done good. the last couple of videos himself. Um, but so my radical recommend is go go give them some clicks because all the ad revenue that, that they get goes to feeding these kids. And what's it called again? Grandpa Kitchen. Grandpa Kitchen. Yeah, I saw a random yeah. article in my newsfeed about this you know, chef had passed away who had gave all his food to children of the village, but I didn't know what it was about. And, and pl- not on top of that, it's a really cool cooking show. Like on top of all this, you get to watch, you, you know, he makes incredible things that you ask, how can he possibly make that? They're cooking on fire. Wow. Like they're cooking on, on campfires and stuff. And it's a cultural experience too. Like seeing what people are living like, you know, and yeah. make you want to help. So grandpa kitchen, give it your clicks. If, only to con- contribute a few cents to the great legacy that Grandpa left behind. Oh, that's fantastic! Well, All mine. Right, <laughs> yeah, mine. Thanks a lot. I can't follow that up. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a little bit inspiring. Uh, we all know that Eddie Murphy's kind of a enigmatic figure these days. He's been he kind of had a lot of failures for a while there that kind of made him go away from the public eye. Um, uh, but he, everyone should have, would probably admit that he was an incredible talent in his time, uh, when he was doing good things and not really bad choices. Um, but he's finally kind of making a little comeback, probably got a new publicist or manager or something. Uh, so he's being on Saturday night live soon. I'm, I'm anxious to see that, but also his comeback film is Dolomite is my name, which is on Netflix. Uh, have you seen it yet, Steve? No, but I've certainly it's been thrown in my face like Netflix wants me to know right. it's there. And I had thought originally they had advertised this a lot at other places. I thought it was going to be a theatrical release, but no, it's on Netflix. And it's the story of a real life person who was this down as luck uh, performer, comedian. He's in his 50s. He's getting nowhere. He's kind of out of shape and everyone's telling him he's a failure. And he works at a record store. And he. uh uh, this homeless guy always comes in there and tries to tell these stories and stuff. And he smells so bad. So it kicks him out every time, but he notices that the young people around him are really laughing at this homeless guy's stories. And they're always centered around this mythological figure called Dolomite, who is the the sexiest, coolest guy in the room at all times. And, and the homeless guys always told these stories kind of in rhymes, like they were poems. And so he goes okay. to this he goes to this area behind you know this back alley where all these homeless guys hang out and they, apparently they all have these stories and so he kind of re- he records them and he kind of becomes the father of of rap because of this this is in the 70s um and so he starts doing albums these comedy albums where he's kind of retelling these stories adding to them he starts making his own stories but they're always kind of in a rhyme and in a meter and sometimes with like a, a drum in the background um, and people loved it. They're really raucous, really dirty. 
Um, and eventually the main story of the movie is that he also starts, to, he makes a movie, a kind of a black exploitation movie. Um, and it's, I won't give away too much, but it tells the whole story of this guy and his life and what happens with that. And it's Eddie Murphy at like one of his best performances. It's amazing. Uh, so I, I laughed a lot. I, I cried at one point, so I'd recommend watching it. Dolomite is my name on Netflix for free if you already have a subscription. So there you go. Yeah, they already have my money. Yeah, they're going to have it for a long time, probably. So I think we have a thank you section. <gasps> thank you for being a friend. Travel around the Okay. <laughs> we have to cover it up with something. So this week, I got an email from Sean Vanderloo at the Rusted Robot podcast and the Soul Forge podcast about five hours ago saying, wow. hey, when are you guys recording your next podcast? I have a thing I want to send you. And I said, we're recording tonight at 11. Is that too soon? Well, he says, well, shit, Sean. Yeah, yeah good, good timing. Time. So we're going to play that clip here. I have not heard this clip yet. I just kind of prepped it a little bit from beginning and end, but didn't hear the whole clip. So we're going to hear seven or eight long. How long is this thing? Uh, three minutes. All right. Not too bad. Yeah, we got it. Here it is. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jarman. It's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast, as well as the Soul Forge Podcast. And I'm here to give you a uh, quick message, a quick shout out, and a response to your last episode, the one where you were talking about Boxing Day. Yes, we do celebrate <laughs> it here in Canada. And I just looked yeah, up actually you. what it meant on the Wikipedia so that if Paul didn't provide a mp3 message to you guys that at least you'd have some information about it it's uh, a british colony thing a british country thing and all the colonies and whatnot and well they did have a lot of to do with the christmas boxes sure. it's the day after christmas oh. something to do with uh, the rich people who let their servants go home uh, the day after christmas to spend time with their family because of course on christmas day they would have to serve their masters so the wealthy right. send their people home with money or gifts or leftover food or whatnot. And uh, it also says that nobody knows when the actual term or tradition originated. Uh, it's as early as the 17th century, something about 1663. Somebody mentioned it in a diary. Uh, and it might go back to the Feast of St. Stephen, which is uh, yeah, Saint late Stephen Roman, for the early win. Christian period. So it's been around <laughs> for a while, a bunch of different places that uh, either are Britain or Britain, British colonies, that kind of thing. I don't know. You can look it up on Wikipedia. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is that the day after Christmas, I get a holiday. That's what's important. Now, you guys, course, that is what you important. get your Black Friday, and Canada has slowly been taking it over because, of course, we have our Thanksgiving uh, the first or second weekend in October. You guys are the last Thursday, I believe, of November. And then it's Black Friday the day after. And uh, all the retail stores here in Canada have decided that, yeah, guess what? We're going to go ahead and take it and make it a thing and have sales and oh. just try to get more money. So you don't have like Boxing money in Day, Canada too. Black Friday, and now we're stealing <laughs> Black Friday. So it's your turn to take Boxing Day, get an extra day off after Christmas. Go ahead, do that. And that's really all I know. I could have done more research and I could be reading from the Wikipedia page. Yeah. But if anybody's really that curious or interested, you can just go do that yourself. It's a quick <laughs> and easy and it's not very interesting. So what I wanted to do was uh, give you guys a good quick shout out here as well. Because, of course, Steve, you were on episode 114 of the Soul Forge podcast 
and German. You were on episode 115. I don't know if you let your listeners know about that. I can't remember. I think you talked about it, but I don't know if we mentioned specific episode numbers. And of course, they can look that up. Soulforgepodcast.com, yeah, <laughs> iTunes, all the things. Anyway, just a little bit of a random rambling message for you guys from the Rusted Robot Headquarters. Hope you're doing great. Remember, bow ties are cool. All apologies to Raul Julia. And uh, one of these days, we have to get uh, you guys and do a crossover episode for Rusted Robot. And if you ever want to do another Soul Forge episode, let me know. But until next time, take care, have fun, and stay nerdy. Hi, this is uh, Admiral Adama and Battlestar Galactica saying, listen to the Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. <laughs> thank well, you so much, Sean. We're so excited to have a thank you section for once. But you know, I didn't hear. I guess he said it, they don't. They don't know the origins, but why it's called Boxing Day? I think it's because it's just you get drunk and fight your relatives. <laughs> well, that's Christmas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. The whole season. <laughs> we interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to let you know that Paul Wright, our friend of the show, sent us in a recording to talk about Boxing Day as well. And his email to me came in right after we were done recording. So uh, we have to put it in now in post. But we're going to listen to that right now. Hello, Steve and Jarman. It is Paul Wright here from the UK. And the reason I say that is I was listening to your recent podcast and you mentioned about Boxing Day. And being in America, not knowing what it was, so I thought I would bring you up to speed on the tradition of Boxing Day. So going back many hundreds of years, it would be a tradition for people who, ha- who would have servants or people who worked for them, gardeners, etc., to uh, give them the day after Christmas off. Obviously, Christmas Day would be a big family thing in the household of a lord or one of the gentry. His servants would obviously be working that day to help them celebrate Christmas. The next day would be a day off for them. Uh, Their masters, or even uh, their employers, uh, would give each servant a box to take home, uh, which would contain maybe a bonus or a gift or some sort of leftover food from the meal on Christmas Day, uh, which continued to be a tradition for a long, long time. Up until recently, maybe sort of the turn of the century, uh, you'd be looking at um, ordinary people giving monetary gifts to the people who have been working for them over the years. For example, the re- uh, people who would take the refuse away, or postmen, for example. And some money would be handed over to them each year. That has become less of a custom more recently, as obviously people like to keep money to themselves. And also that custom would be uh, a little harder to do on Boxing Day, because obviously those people would have that day off. So the money would be given uh, maybe the last working day before Christmas. So, of course, Boxing Day appears on the 26th of December. However, since 1871, that day has become a bank holiday over here, which means that, obviously, all the, at that time, all the banks would, would close down, all the shops would close down, and generally people would have time, that time off. That then became uh, more to do with uh, the ordinary working person would have their, the, the uh, Boxing Day off. Now, if the Boxing Day happens to fall on a weekend, a Saturday or a Sunday, that day is then carried over to the next working day. So if Boxing Day happened to fall on a Saturday, he would be off on the, the following Monday. If Christmas Day lands on the Saturday, obviously you get a day off for that, so that would be on the Monday. If Boxing Day would obviously then be on the uh, Sunday, so you'd therefore have the Tuesday off. 
So you could have a, quite a long uh, weekend if you are working at weekends and you get the two days off for Christmas Day and Boxing Day and then you would get the um, the Monday and the Tuesday off as well. So there you go. The reason it's called Boxing Day is because boxes used to be handed over to your employees or your manservants or butlers or whoever they would be, gardeners or whatever. Um, hence the name Boxing Day. And one final thing. We'll keep coming back and being your nerdy audience if you keep coming back and being our nerdy co-hosts. Keep up the good work, guys. Listen to you soon. And thank you, Paul, for that recording. Uh, you actually let us know why it's called Boxing Day because uh, of the boxes that are given in. So that's pretty amazing. Thanks so much for that. And thanks for that adorable uh, sign-off as well. So thank you, Paul. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for a very special Warcraft episode. We will keep on coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts if you guys keep coming back to be our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how! <laughs>